Good morning, Whidbey Island. Another beautiful sunny day. It's Reed Schwartz here with Whidbey Island Living. And today I've got Brian Stuckey, City Councilman Oak Harbor, uh, joining me today. And I uh, thought we'd chat about a few things about City Council and how you got to where you are. Let's do it. Uh, how are you doing this morning, Brian? Oh, living the dream here on, on beautiful Whidbey Island. It's nice to see the sun out, and hopefully I'll go out and enjoy it today. Okay, well, it was, it was good to see you last night at the Luck of the Irish. Were, were you lucky? Uh, I mean, I'm lucky in that I had a good time. I'm lucky <laughs> that I had conversations. I'm not lucky in that I won a bunch of money, no, but, you know, it's just how you look at it. Yeah, well, we were lucky that we got to donate money to... Go help help with uh, scholarships and backpacks program. So that's the way I look at it. We were definitely lucky, and it was that's a great time. So Brian, um, so how long have you been on city council? So I got on. I was kind of in a unique position in that I was filling a term that was appointed. So I got an extra two months on the people who were elected at the same time as me, which kind of means I get a cooler chair and more closer to the middle. Um, <laughs> So I, I believe it was uh, 2021. I started uh, end of November of 2021. Okay. So relatively new. But I okay. mean, if you look at the makeup of the council, uh, four of us are new. So it, it's a relatively new council in, in general. Okay. Okay. So so give me a little bit of background about yourself and how did you decide to get into politics? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Who decides to be, you know, a, a bit of a community punching bag? It's an interesting Career. <laughs> um, well, well, it's important to remember too that uh, city council it's it's part time, so we say career and it's it, it's not really a career, um, but it, it does certainly take time and, and dedication. Uh, it was never really on my radar, you know. Growing up, I really wasn't politically active. In fact, I, I'm sorry to say I di I didn't vote for the longest time. I know I was one of those people who didn't really vote, didn't really pay attention. Um, but the key here is I didn't complain. Okay. You know, oh, you know okay. Say, there you go. That's what I was just going to ask. Complain. Um, but then when I started looking to my dream of becoming a business owner, I figured I should start paying attention a little bit more because those things uh, are more affected by the local politics and climate. Uh, you know, it was also a natural step for me. I, I was getting involved in a lot of service clubs and activities. So I joined Rotary uh, the food bank, a lot of volunteering that just kind of happens naturally. As my career as a funeral director, it's kind of natural to fall into those roles in your community. It's it's one of those occupations that you kind of have to be ingrained in the community. You can't ignore that aspect. Right. And, and after doing those things, uh, I thought it was a good step for me. And the main reason is I like helping people with their problems. I mean, that's what it boils down to. I like helping people with their problems. And on a local level, especially on, on something like city council, you, you can do that and you can see the tangible effects that maybe you wouldn't at a higher political level. Uh, I mean, for example, someone calls me up and says, hey, my, my stop sign ripped off at the end of my street. Well, I can help fix that. I mean, it's, it's tangible. I can meet the person that I'm helping. Right. Um, and, and that really appealed to me, being able to help people in, in another capacity. So was it always a passion of mine? No, um, it's something I kind of learned more about, 
took different angles. I got on the planning commission, which kind of gave me a little bit of more information, knowledge, and working with the city. And, and it just sparked a fire in me of, of this is another way besides funeral directing that I can help people and, and it's tangible. I mean, I can see the results of what we've done and see and shake the hand of the people that we help where you don't always get that at a higher political level. Right, right. Well, that's good. That's awesome. Yeah, giving back is, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, I'm a big believer in giving back to a community and there's lots of different ways we can do that. And I definitely get that, getting the, the tangible feedback, the result that you did something well, right well, there for someone. We, we don't do it for the money and the fame. We'll put it that way. So, <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. You never know. <laughs> if I get to that point, someone needs to tell me and I'll stop doing it. Because that's okay. the wrong reason. Okay. So, um, well, my next question was kind of what inspired you to pursue this, but you kind of covered that. So, so what is your big motivation to keep going? Um, and what kind of what, what's next? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> we'll go short term and long term. Everything with city government is painfully slow. I, I think that's kind of common knowledge that things take a long time. But once you actually get in the role, you realize how truly long things take. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we've been dealing with, and at least in my first couple of years on council, is decisions that were made by the council four plus years ago. So by the same token, any decisions that we make now that are larger capital decisions, we won't see those results for years to come. I, I mean, take the, the fire station that was recently approved. Right. It, going pretty quickly, but it's going to be a couple of years till we see that fire station. I would like to still be involved with city government to see that fire station come to completion and make sure it's on budget or even better under budget. So seeing the projects that we're working on finish is kind of nice. It's kind of awkward with elected positions that you can have these great ideas. You're going full steam and maybe you don't run again or you come off council and you hand it off to somebody else. Well, that wasn't those people's idea. It was yours kind of like handing your baby to somebody else right um more longer term i mean i'll be honest there's there's a mayoral race that i'm i'm debating and, and talking to people and seeing if that's something i'll be interested in um but you know i can't talk too much about that or if that decision is <laughs> made so <laughs> okay okay so what do you think sets your approach to being working in city council different from other people. Yeah. So I, my big thing with city council is, you know, when you campaign, people want to hear what's your vision, what's your plan. They want to see, hear concrete ideas of what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. And that's something I kind of always avoided. I mean, it's very easy to say, I want to do this, this, and this, but until you get into the role, you don't know if you can do this, this and this, you know, it, it's kind of like getting a bachelor's degree in engineering never been an engineer and then you go to the engineering field and you realize i thought i knew everything but i know almost nothing i just have the basis right um so when i was campaigning i was all about transparency and communication and, and that's been my big thing social media today is it's a big deal um 70 of americans are on facebook so the, the idea that it's not used that often or that older americans aren't on there it's just not true it's it's 70 percent against around all demographics at age um and using it as a tool to communicate it it's very easy as a council member if i wanted to and this is kind of what i saw council members would say here's my email address here's my phone number call me if you need anything 
they would go to council, they'd read their packets, and that was it. There wasn't a lot of actual active communication. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, the barriers for that is a lot of people don't want to go and sit through a three hour meeting. I don't blame them. I mean, if I find those meetings boring <laughs> from time to time, I can only imagine just watching what feel of those are, even though it's a great way to get involved. Um, so I've been really leaning into the social media because I'm trying to get that, that communication with people, that two-way communication beyond just a Facebook post, because that's a lot of what we see on Facebook. I mean, you look at the the infamous angel sculpture, which I'll try not to get too far on. It's been a lot of people <laughs> just, post, you know, this sucks. I don't like it. Well, can we have a conversation? Can you tell me why you don't like it? Because maybe that's a barrier we can overcome. Mm -hmm. So to swing back, what makes me different? It, it, it's communication. I make sure to be out there all the time in places where I can talk to people, listen to people. I engage on social media, even though sometimes it's to my detriment and it's easy for people to just say whatever comes to mind with no filter, which is, you know, its own beast anyways. But yeah. it's that communication working together because I want to do what the majority of citizens want to see for our city. I can only do that if I get communication from members in our city before that decision is made. So it's getting people together, communicating, using social media, town halls. I try to go to every event I can. It's getting that communication. So that's what sets me apart. It's that communication, that transparency. We need to do what the majority of people want. And if we don't, we need to explain why. It needs to make sense. And I think that's something that's been missing. It's just decisions are made. There's no communication. And how could the council do that? So we're talking, yeah. working, moving forward. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's really important, and that's in, in my business. Communication is huge. Um, that's just kind of been part of my life, and, and not everybody's so great at it. So you you do. I I don't spend that much time on social media. I try not to because it's too much detriment. <laughs> I try to I try to add a few things and uh, not spend too much time on there. But but I do see uh, a lot of the stuff that you put out there. I know Shane puts sure. a lot of stuff out there on Facebook as far as what's going on and explaining stuff. Like I remember, you know, the, the road repavement project on Woodby Avenue sure. uh, a few months ago, you know, there was a lot of good explanation in there of why parts were being done and they weren't being done. And otherwise people just complain about it because they're uninformed. And if you don't, and like you said, you know, I mean, all, all that information is public record. I mean, they can come down to <laughs> City Hall and find out all that about every project. But who's doing that? Right. So. Having, yeah, having that communication. And I, I love it when there's a conversation on social media that gets a little vitriolic. It'll be about a decision we made. And then I'm, I pop on and I'm like, hey, I'm right here. This is why I was made. And they don't expect me to answer. So right. all of a sudden, their social online tone changes. And they kind of wheel back to be a little bit more diplomatic. Um, but you can't just use social media. As you know, social media is a great tool. It's a bit of a necessary evil. You can't ignore those town halls, those meeting people. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, if you just go by social media, you are missing out on that other 30% who aren't. So it is a tool. It's a useful tool to get to the most amount of people, but you're not getting everybody. So you have to do the in-person stuff as well. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, because they're absolutely different ways of doing getting a hold of different people you know we did that turkey giveaway back at thanksgiving and yeah i remember that and, and we thought that was gonna we thought the hard part was gonna be raising the money and then uh and we just uh andy just posted on on social media that hey we need people that you know need help with a dinner and we got a week away from thanksgiving and we had like 
eight applicants. <laughs> and we realized we had to go knock on doors and go talk to people that were in direct communication because a lot of those people are not on social media. So it's tough sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, exactly the same thing with hearts and hammers. Yeah. We have lots of people that uh, need help, and they are not on social media. That's um, you know, we got to put out flyers, got to talk to people, and knock on doors. Sometimes. Absolutely. So yeah. All right. What else is Chat GPT? So I didn't start this off with everybody, but uh, I decided to go. You know, in in May or March of 2023, Chat GPT is the thing. So I asked ChatGPT for some interview questions for Brian here. Got to stay up with the times. Um, let, let, let's be that could, that could replace politicians one day if we uh, leave that on chat. <laughs> well, it's going to be consuming the content of this interview and adding that to its database. So, All right. Um, <laughs> so let's see. So what advice would you give to someone who was thinking about getting into being in city council or getting into politics? Sure. I, I think most people don't realize, I guess the dirty little secret is it's not that hard. Um, I think a lot of people don't try because they think, oh, I'd never get elected. No one would vote for me. But especially when you start at the base level. So right now in the city, we have openings on four of our commissions. Um, and we're basically begging people to apply for those commissions. I mean, it's pretty much that if you're in the city or right outside the city for some of those commissions and you apply, you probably get on with not a lot of effort. Um, I would love to see, I mean, for example, we have a position open on the arts commission. There's so many people that are, I'm being diplomatic here, passionate about the art our city has chosen. <laughs> and we have an for people to be able to choose that art. And where are all the applications? You, you know? And I would love to have a time when there's 10 people applying and we can choose the best candidate. But right now, they're just positions that people aren't applying for. And, and I don't know if that's because they don't think they're going to get on it because it's a bunch of competition. Um, I, I don't know if we're not communicating what those positions are well enough because time-wise, it's... A meeting a month. I mean, it's not a huge time commitment. Right. So, any, yeah, anyone looking to, to, to get to, you know, city council, best to start with one of those boards or commissions. It, it looks good um, resume-wise because you can say you've done things with the city. I mean, we have mm -hmm. the parks board, arts commitment. I mean, we even have boards that just meet twice a month or twice a year, I mean, that are salary commissions and things like that. So starting at that level to get a little bit of name recognition, it gives you something to put on the voters pamphlet when you do run. Um, there are also appointments. A lot of times people from council, they leave before their terms up. And it's interesting how many people in those cases we get to apply. The last appointment, which we appointed uh, Eric Marshall, we had, I think nine people apply. And when I asked them why they applied as opposed to run, because there was election months earlier, it's because they said they didn't want to go through campaigning, um, which I don't blame people. But because so many people don't want to do the campaigning, most of the positions are either unopposed or you're running against one person. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's like you're running for a position that 10 other people are applying for. You're normally running against one person. You have to beat one person. Um, so it's really not that difficult to do to get on, um, but you got to do it for the right reasons. Um, I would hate for somebody to try to get on council because of the quote-unquote prestige 
um, abuse of power because it's really not, I mean, as I go around town, most people don't know or care that I'm on council. I mean, most people can't name two or three council members and, and I don't blame them. Right. I couldn't until uh, I started getting interested in this. So if you're doing it because you think it's going to be some great office, that's highly respected. It, it's not, it's a, it's a thankless <laughs> job and not, you're, you're a bit of a punching bag. You got to have thick skin. But those times when it isn't thankless, when you're able to see the results of what you're able to accomplish, it is one of the most gratifying things in the world. It really is. Well, that's that, that's good. I'm glad you, yeah. So there are a lot of opportunities out there. And maybe this little, your explanation mm -hmm. will give somebody some inclination to pursue one of those positions. Well, and we have, coming up on this next election, we have an opening for mayor. And we have three council positions opening up. I think that one of them is going to be an open position. Uh, so if anyone's ever interested, I mean, I mean, happy to talk to them. I mean, that's what I did. When I wanted to get on, I went for an appointment. I sat down with every council member I could and said, what's the job like? Because you don't really know what the job's like. You have a conversation with one of us. So talking and asking, mm -hmm. what's this going to entail? How many hours am I going to do? What does your day-to-day -day look like? I mean, I'll have a conversation with anybody. I'm I'm out there and very easy to get a hold of. I don't know. I thought you were a little on the shy side there, Brian. I try, well, you know, I, I break out my shell now and again. <laughs> so, um, so we got about five more minutes. And uh, so, what is? I don't know if you want to talk about the angel or uh, what, well, what's your most controversial thing that's or that you would like to explain? I suppose to people that's going on in the, with the city right now? I'm going to give a generalization because there's a couple of hot button issues. Um, I, I get a lot of how could you vote for that or how can you not vote for that? And let, let's take, let's take two I'll highlight. Um, the Angel and the uh, Fakama Road project. So about a year and a half ago, Eric Marshall brought up this road that's uh, on Fakama Road that's connecting to the U-Haul. And mm -hmm. the Agreed to install that road, and you know, you see the headlines in the newspaper. That's always what happens. You see the headline in the newspaper; it hits social media. A lot of people don't even pay to read the article, so they're making their assumptions. And, and the article said, "Council pays for road for private business" or something like that. And people, how could you do that? It's ridiculous. And, and I agree; I, that does sound ridiculous. Um, but if you remember to what I said before, so many of the decisions we're doing are working through decisions made four plus years ago. Mm -hmm. So when you take the, for example. Um, that is a decision that the council made prior to the four new council members getting on. I mean, that is a decision they made and they agreed to do. There was a survey that went out. That survey was overwhelmingly negative. And I'm not going to defend the council at the time. They, in my opinion, should have voted no based on so many people being opposed to it. But here we are today and people are coming to me and saying, Brian, how can you vote for that angel? Uh, I tried not to, to be honest. I tried to find ways to bring it to a no vote. But at the same time, you have a, an organization that owns that sculpture that we agreed to take that has spent considerable amount of their own funds to get this here because they were given the okay. So now right. we're in the pickle. Do we still say no? Because that's what the majority of people want, which to be honest, that's kind of what I lean towards, but I'm just one of seven. Or do we honor the agreements that we made? And most people don't understand those nuances. Plus, you know, you have an organization spending a lot of money on something, they get the yes, and then they get the no. There can always be some legal implications for that, right? So, mm -hmm. so there's still a lot. Same thing with the FACMA Road. 
we're going to be talking about that at our next council meeting about giving $200,000 to pay for this road for the U-Haul. Well, people say that's ridiculous, but what they don't realize, because a lot of people won't take the time to learn a little bit more about the issues, that's being paid for with impact fees. So years ago, a developer bought that property, paid impact fees to help with mitigation of traffic that can only be used for infrastructure projects in that area. So it's not like we took $200,000 from the taxpayers and said, hey, we're going to buy this road for the U-Haul. No, it's money that the developer put and had to pay in impact fees to mitigate traffic that were playing towards it. And I think when yeah. you give those explanations to people, it makes a little bit more sense. But most folks don't want to take the time to, to hear or maybe we're not communicating in a way that is acceptable to them. But those are just two examples of projects that there's reasons why those decisions are made. We're not frivolously spending taxpayer money. I'm I'm pretty conservative financially and I don't love those. But what is explained to me why we have to do those, it makes a little bit more sense. So I, I guess what do I want to tell people? If there's a decision that doesn't doesn't pass the sniff test, just ask us why we may. I mean, we should be accountable to you and we should give a logical explanation that makes sense. And if we can't, well, we probably made a bad decision. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like that a lot of that comes back to, you know, I mean, like you said, things move slowly in government and, yeah. and there's all these policies and procedures. And uh, I perceive a lot of people think of tax money, like you kind of explained with those impact fees is tax money is tax money. And they, most people don't understand that there are funds that are set aside for specific reasons. They came from specific sources. There's limitations. You legally can't spend that money on other things. And, and so you're between, you know, you've got to follow that line and put that money where it goes. But yeah, like you said, people see the headline, unfortunately today, that's way too much. Well, but so. mentioned money being, I mean, the one I try to educate people on all the time is we get these art pieces. I can't tell you how many times I see we're spending all this money on art, but look at the roads. And it's one of those things that the art money can only be used on the art. We just can't take it and put it towards the road. You know, yeah. Whitby Avenue has always been a passion of mine of getting that done because that's the worst road in town is Whitby Avenue. You get you get the, the bumpy carnival ride. I drive it every day, you know, going down <laughs> Whitby Avenue. And people are go, well, just take that money and repave it. I wish we could. There's utility lines that need to be moved. Um, there's, there's pieces, there's things that have to be done. This has to be done to get to this, to get to this, which is why we put out that video kind of explaining that. And I think once people took the time to watch that three minute video, it made more sense. Now, that being said, we did say we we're going to get it done and we need to get it done. I mean, you can explain it, but you can't stall year after year. You need to do what you say you're going to do. Right. Right. Okay. Well, Brian, that kind of brings us to an end here. I got to run and uh, I know you got a busy sure. day. So yes, yeah, there's a town hall in town. If I can put a plug, there's a town hall at 11 o'clock at the library here at Oak Harbor. I'll be at where we have our, our state senator and one of our state reps. Um, that's where I'll be at 11. So if anyone wants to come a little bit more about things on a state level, uh, that's going on right here in Oak Harbor in about an hour and a half. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, we're, while we're plugging at, uh, from 11 to 2, I will be at Ace Hardware um, <laughs> selling hot dogs They for North Whidbey Hearts and Hammers. We... Uh, Ace Hardware is rounding up, offering a roundup, and donating that money for this month to North Woodby Hearts and Hammers, which we're going to use to help repair homes for some homeowners with some needs in uh, on May twentieth. I will as soon as that town hall ends. I will I will be there. I'll grab a couple hot dogs from you. 
All right. Awesome, Brian. Look forward to seeing you. And you have a fabulous day, sir. You too. Thanks for your time. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, everybody. That wraps up another one. Thanks for joining me for Woodby Island Living. And have a fabulous Woodby Island day. Thank you.